WIOX is supported by the generosity of our listeners and the following underwriters. Rockland Cider Works Upstate in Gilboa, an agritourism cidery with vacation rentals on a sprawling former dairy farm. Gluten-free hard cider made from 100% New York State apples. New York State produced beer, wine, and spirits. Rockland Cider Works Upstate on Stryker Road in Gilboa. RocklandCiderWorks.com Crea World on Main Street in Margaretville's historic Galley Kirchy Theater. Fine jewelry, handmade in store from reclaimed gold and silver, sustainable artisanal self-care wellness and beauty products, ceramics, apparel, and things with a home, books and vinyl records. Open Wednesday through Sunday and online at Crea.World, K-R-I-A dot world. Home Goods of Margaretville, corner of Main and Bridge Streets in Margaretville, New York. Now carrying spices, flour, jams, mustards, coffee and tea, organic vegetables and fruits, and local eggs, milk, cheese, and baked goods. And, of course, cooking basics and tools of the trade for everyone at home. Home Goods of Margaretville. Open every day. 845-586-4177 or hgom.net. Please stand by for an important message from WIOX Roxbury. Tis the season for snowplows, fireplaces, and donations. Please consider a year-end tax-deductible donation to support WIOX, our all-volunteer, nonprofit community radio station. It's easier than whipping up a batch of plum pudding. Just go to WIOXradio.org and click the Donate button. Thank you. Okay, you are listening to WIOX Community Radio, live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM and MTC Cable Channel 20, 107.5 FM on the campus of SUNY Delhi, 
and everywhere at WIOXradio.org on computers or smartphones. And also with the Radio Garden phone app. This is From the Forest with Ryan and Zane. Zane, how's it going? Good, Ryan. What have you been up to? Well, what have I been doing? I've been splitting firewood that I had gathered, so uh, that's been really fun. I've been stacking up a new uh, two cords, uh, so I had to shovel out some snow in order to uh, make a space for that. Yeah? Um, Shoveling so, snow? Yeah, just for firewood. And I got my eyes on these uh, poles of uh, ash that I'm going to cut down to use as a, a base for my stacks. Oh, cool. You got to yeah. keep it off the ground, right? Yeah. That's been neat. Um, Brookside has pallets for free. Yeah, I've, I've been sourcing <laughs> pallets. I guess I'll have to talk to them. Well, Brookside has about 50 down there. I used to take them all, and now they don't use them. They're looking for some place to, for them to go, and they're, mm-hmm. they're nice pallets. They're all brand new. Well, these these ash got to go anyway, so I'm thinking I might as well use them and uh, just see how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you're talking to Mike. Um, yeah, so I put mine on pallets. The um, Catskill Mountain Christian Center used to have some too. So, hmm. But I don't know. I don't see why it wouldn't work putting them on logs. It's simpler. Yeah, it's just something different and, yeah, utilizing the material that's around. Uh, yeah, just something I'm trying out. So it's pretty yeah. neat. See if I can balance them. Well, in my world, it's waste firewood. <laughs> What's that? Uh, <laughs> Wasting firewood. Oh, these are like three, four inches. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kindling. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, not that big. Just the stringers, right? Yeah. yeah. Just have some stringers running And actually, across. after one year, you could pull them out and use new ones and burn them the following year. Be... Yeah, they probably uh, won't last you... more than three or four years. I don't know. No, yeah. well, the molder after that. Well, with the ground thawing and freezing and, you know, wet weather, they're going to be ground level right. after putting that weight on them after about a year, yeah. two two at most. That's my project. Yeah. So, good. I like in, in, ingenuity. It's awesome. I've been getting uh, <laughs> my resistance to my firewood on uh, poison ivy because, uh, you know, there's damn black cherry. I don't know where I got it. I'm trying to remember. But it's coated in a vine or two of poison ivy. So I'll be sitting there watching television. Actually, just right now it itched. Right here. And I'll be like, I know what that is. Poison ivy. Where the hell am I getting poison ivy? It's on my damn firewood. Yeah. Well, I get a lot of it from uh, the guy that that sends me big slabs in Long Island to dry. It's just, I mean, these trees are wrapped in it. And I just don't. I don't handle them. You know, they they come in, you know, they go out to Pennsylvania, they get sawed. I mean, these logs are uh, 40, 36 to 60 inch in diameter. And they saw the slab off the bottom, and then they each slab that they saw, it, it looks like a log with stickers in between it. Yeah. And uh, he cuts has everything cut 12 quarter. But anyway, I just... You know, pick them up with the forklift, and because that stuff's lethal, dead or alive. Well, oh, poison! It's yeah. treated as oil. Yeah, know? but you you can burn it, and it finally calms down. Yeah, <laughs> you just don't want to be near it when you burn it. No, my wife gets it pretty bad, but I do have resistance. I will never say that I'm proof on it, but I have to touch quite a bit of it. Um, it's all over my it. equipment, my climbing line, yeah. and everything. 
Yeah. yeah. I get John, John gets it. it from from handling the line sometimes on the ground. Oh yeah, you do that to him. There's no, no way. What am I supposed to do? Wash my climbing line? You can't do that, you know. I I have yet to get it. I've touched it. I've pulled it up, not looking, but I have yet to get a reaction from it. So I know sometimes your allergies can be acquired, and I guess I've not reached a threshold where I get a breakout. So no, I mean you probably have resistance then, because hmm. some people even touch it. That, yeah, you would have a breakout. So you must have some some resistance that you had maybe as a kid. I don't know. Did you have you, you have it all over in Syracuse area now? Have, yeah, I've not. Well, I've encountered it, but I've never had a bad reaction from it. Yeah, up here, people—it's rare. Yeah. I know where like three poison ivy plants are in Margaretville, and that's about all of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've never had a reaction when I touch it. But, yeah, you know, I don't touch it on purpose to see if I get a reaction either. No, no. But when I was a kid growing up, I mean, we were playing and by poison ivy, and everybody'd break out, and I never broke out. Oh, you do have it up in New Kingston yet? Well, this was over in, uh, well, my cousins were Ashland, Jewett, and... And they have it there? And they have it over there, I'm, very, yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some New Kingston, I've, I've never seen it in New Kingston. Yeah. But, you know, over the hill down Accord and Gardner and that area is covered all through yeah. Kingston. A lot of it, a lot of it's just, you know, uh, absenteeism, people not taking care of it. I mean, yeah. I, I really went after it the first year or two I was there, and I beat it back. It's still – it's around, but it's not – I mean, I was literally taking the bar of my chainsaw and peeling it off. And, I mean, f- three-inch diameter vines. It was bad. Yeah. Wow. Well. It was bad. That's when I got it bad is when I climbed the ash tree. I had to climb it. And the climbing line went through the crotch and <laughs> – dug into the poison ivy and then when you climb and it was in the summer i mean i was a real idiot i was really trying to get it <laughs> and then when you climb you 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 pull up with your forearm so i'm rubbing the oil into my forearm over and over yeah. and then wow. it gets worse the stupidity <laughs> i get done doing it i go for a walk i didn't wash it off so i got it pretty bad on my forearm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't. It was manageable, but it was it was pretty bad. It's still very uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. it, it's the oils that cause the irritation. So you need a really good organic solvent to to get rid of it. Yeah, Tech New is a good product. Yeah, some exfoliant and soap. Yeah, Dawn soap, real good. So yeah, so that third voice is Gary Mead, and uh, from Gary Mead Gallery. And every third Wednesday, we talk to Gary about a different cat skills tree or forestry topic and tonight's topic is tree dormancy and damage from winter and i guess the trees are are going to have to cope with winter because uh, gary claims that it's going to be like two above zero day after <laughs> christmas or some sort that's what i heard so uh this weekend we're supposed to get you know very very cold and uh, next week no uh mild right milder not, well milder but not above freezing yeah so, but this snow cover is really excellent for for the uh, vegetation, and you know it protects. You could dig anywhere up in the mountains after that. You know, when it's two degrees out above zero or ten degrees below, and you know the the the, the earth is soft; it's not even frozen. It only freezes where the snow's not on. Right. And the tree cover <clears throat> from uh, you know that wet heavy snow and then it turned colder and that was good for the vegetation that i think we're going to have uh you know 
because of that one storm we recently had, uh, I think that's going to uh, uh, fed the trees already this this fall uh, from that storm by coating them like that. And it, it's uh, what do you mean? Uh, this it's is, like uh, this. It's sort of like the sap snow, but it's in the fall. This happened in the fall. Uh, when the trees get coated in the spring, it. It holds the energy in and protects it from the... Because usually when we get a wet storm in the spring, it turns bitter cold after that for a few days. And, you know, when the trees get coated, it protects them from freezing. And then, you know, it holds the energy in and, and doesn't release it. And, and it's it's actually good for the vegetation. And But I don't know... I The last couple of years I've been really noticing after the leaves come off, and like two weeks after the maples are done, if you look at the mountains, you see a a reddish purplish hue up in the mountains. And what that is is all the next year's leaves they pot out, hmm. and the little buds just stay buds, there. Yeah. They stay there all winter. But that doesn't happen in the spring. That happens in the fall. And I always thought that you know in the spring leaves come on, but you know, uh, you know, I've been watching, uh, well, maybe probably longer than two or three years, but, you know, I decided this year, yeah, that happens every year. What do you mean? I don't understand what you're saying. After the leaves come off, there's a, the end of the branches, there's nothing there. There's but, a bud. Well, not. That forms in the fall. Well, it forms well, late, in the fall. summer, really. Right after the leaf yeah. comes, off, comes off. No, it's it's already there. What's that? The bud forms in late summer. Oh, uh, the new the new buds, yeah, Zan. Yeah, uh, so when uh, shoot uh, elongation in the spring peaks with leaf formation, that's what I understand to be when bud set happens. Right. So the following year's buds are set; mm -hmm. um, they're ready to go. Yeah, um, climbing up trees and stuff. I've kind of learned about that. You you see when the the buds come on, and um, but the red, especially red maple, they'll They'll get even more red towards late winter, start to <laughs> swell. Yeah. And it's really noticeable. Yeah. But um, it's pretty neat, I think. Yeah, me too. I, nature is uh, pretty amazing. And, and it's all about, I mean, as you said, I think your idea was that the snow kind of blankets the the ground and kind of conserves the energy for some plants, I think is what you're saying. Cause yeah, the roots and the keeps, roots. Them, keeps them warmer. That's what trees, yeah. plants have to do. Um, they go into dormancy for the winter. Well, we didn't get anything for snow last year. Uh, we already have just about as much snow as we had last year already. Yeah. <laughs> last year was cold, 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 but no snow. And I have a feeling, um, I don't know if it's going to be true. It's a total guess. That we're, we might be in for a real winter. We're due for one. Yeah, for, you were talking about this. Yeah. Meaning snow and cold. This might mm -hmm. be a real you know? winter this year. So far, we're getting it. We're getting the cold. It's going to get warm, I guess, by the end of this week before it gets cold. Mm -hmm. But um, that can damage trees. Mm -hmm. So things that that's what we're going to talk about tonight is tree dormancy and damage from winter. They can get damaged when the timing is bad and it gets warm and then followed by very cold. But... Um, What's really cool about dormancy, well, you want to explain dormancy there, Zane? Yeah, so um, it's all about conserving energy, you know. Uh, so when trees are no longer photosynthesizing or when it's no longer possible, uh, especially when there's no water, 
uh, when it's frozen, trees go into dormancy. And that's basically just a cessation of their active growth. Um, survival. Yeah, it's a survival tactic, actually. Yeah, you're right. Um, so they form these terminal buds. Uh, the leaves fall, and they form these abscission layers uh, and the leaf scar. All that is just conserving energy, conserving water within the twig. Um, and then the tree goes through this process of cold resistance, which is not only going dormant, but it's resisting the cold. It's actually kind of uh, infusing its cells with a lot of sugar, and that kind of lowers the freezing temperature in their cells, so they don't actually freeze. Um, sort of the same idea of you know putting salt on ice. Right. Uh, creates a solution, lowers the freezing temperature, and you have water forming and breaks up that ice. So the... Uh Sugar content probably does that in branches and stuff, right? Yeah, get it up high enough, and it's the same same idea. Well, when I walk through the woods in the winter, there's unless there's a drift, recent drift, there's no snow touching the bark of the tree. It's yeah, it's just warm enough, and it 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 has that little hollow there that you know the snow doesn't actually come up, and so you you know that. The tree is warmer than the snow. Yeah, it's warming it and has because a little tree the, well around because it. Because of the sugar, yeah. Yeah, the tree well around it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's, you know, life. Uh, it's different if it's a dead tree, the snow will be right up against it. Huh. And it doesn't, uh, you know, it, there's not that hollow there. But Yeah, I mean, dormancy is triggered. I mean, people have different ideas, of, you know, when the leaves turn right they have their own kind of ideas when it happens but um i think it's 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 the same thing it's the photo period and it's temperature that determines when trees go dormant yeah they measure the lack of light right photo period and temperature right yeah. that's why our leaves turn a little earlier than say kingston or the hudson valley mm -hmm. lower elevation yeah despite the same day length right <laughs> yeah Right. I mean, Maryland has the same day length pretty much than we do, but our leaves turn earlier, right? Yeah. It's getting a little colder up here. Yeah, um, it's a signal to trees, and that's uh, yeah, pretty neat. So, yeah, we're, we're going to uh, talk about how trees get damaged as well. And go, we'll go through it, but plant species, location, local conditions, and the timing of weather extremes. If you're just tuning in. You are listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Tonight's topic is tree dormancy and damage from winter with Gary Mead. Love, love, let your hearts unfold 
With a friendly fire burning warm and bright The bells, the bells from the steeple above Telling us it's the season of love Frank Sinatra, The Bells of Christmas. And uh, this is from The Forest. <laughs> Every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m., talk about a different forest-related topic. Tonight's topic is tree dormancy and damage from winter. So damage depends on what there, Zane? Um, Gary, on, what do you think? Oh, yeah. Well, well, frost, when we don't have snow, frost gets in and, of course, it heaves the ground and, and uh, pushes up stones and roots and when roots become exposed and with with and no snow covers on them and it gets really really bitter cold it does do damage to the roots and uh and actually hurts a tree and if you have you know trees on your lawn that you know you you just planted in the last couple of years and you know the the frost you know get a couple winters with no snow and the frost pushes them out probably the best thing to do is you know in the early spring water the heck out of them and you know dig them back up and and reset them because uh, you don't want the roots to come up because that's you know every root is a limb or a leaf or you know some something to do with the upper part of the tree so uh but out in the wild 
things just, I mean, I've seen trees grow where trees are not supposed to grow on top of rock ledges. And the yellow birch is a is, is probably one of my most favorite for the exposing the that's a crazy tree the huh? roots and they, they'll grow on the top of a rock and and uh up a uh, they'll grow on rock scree like a talus slope oh my or an old stump an um, old stump they'll call them nurse you know like a nurse log where a hemlock was felled you yep. know during the tanning days yeah and it was left there and you'll see a stilted tree as the log and you see the roots you know there's you know, you know the, the roots are two foot high sometimes where they grew on top of the stump reach the ground and you know the the roots are they get bark on them i mean they kind of have bark on them under the ground but i mean it turns into yeah, yellow birch looking bark and uh pirates of the caribbean that guy with the i don't remember his name but he had a, you know, a crab face with all those the beard was all wiggly and squiggly that oh, was yeah. uh that reminded me when I see a, uh, up at Beaver Pond, there's a, one growing over a rock that just reminded me of that character. It looked just it like was his, Davy Jones. It <laughs> yeah. just like his I, beard. My memory serves me correctly. I know, Gary, you were surprised when I said I, I like when trees get damaged from winter, and you were kind of surprised by that. But I guess <laughs> what I meant was that I, I liked when trees kind of respond to their environment. I know right. John, uh, when he gets a deer, and the deer has kind of wounds and scars on it. It kind of tells them about the life that deer led. Right. The same with trees. I, I think it's really neat um, in a forest when you see certain things that have happened to a tree. and You can kind see of, what they survived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you can see what a deer survived, you take the hair off and uh, you see their hides. Mm. Ticks, man. Ticks and barbed wire and scars and it's, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Especially yeah. ticks right by their neck. Oh, poor things. Yeah. That but, and, and fighting. Fighting. Right. Scars. A lot of battle scars. But for trees, you know, their damage they receive depends on primarily their plant species, what they are, their location, the the conditions of where they are, and the timing of the weather extremes during that dormant period. Uh, but, we saw Captain Jack's... We're going to go back to Pirates okay, in the Caribbean. Okay, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we saw Jack, okay. Captain Jack Sparrow on the boardwalk in Florida. There was a guy just like a statue, like, you know, standing still. I thought he was fake from far away. Oh, yeah? Just a guy standing there. But he was real? He was real. <laughs> he was good, man. And, uh, yeah, you know what my three-year-old calls Pirates of the Caribbean? What? Pirates in the Bean. Pirates in the Bean. <laughs> That's what she thinks it is. <laughs> she Pirates can't say Caribbeans. Uh-huh. I want to watch Pirate in the Bean. Oh, that's cool. Pirate in the Bean. Yeah. Memories. Yep. Forever, forever memories. So what what did we learn? Uh, yellow birch is like Davy Jones. Davy and how, Jones. And how they grow. Like, uh, yeah. Well, on top that. of rocks and that. And right. I've, I've seen other. Well, hemlocks will do that, too, I've seen. But the most I've ever seen was uh, yellow birch. They seem to be famous at it. There's got to be something with the bark of a yellow birch and a white birch, that papery bark, that must make them somewhat protective of cold temperatures because yeah. they grow in the coldest areas in North On America. On top of a rock. But they have such <laughs> thin bark, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, but I it's imagine not it's that smooth. texture has got a lot to do with it. Then again, American bark. beech is smooth. Yeah. I and mean, it grows in cold temperatures. You know, I don't get it. Hmm. Not as cold as 
not as cold as where yellow birch grows and white birch. You know, they grow on top of our mountains. Hmm. So I don't know. It's got to be something to that. But um, temperature fluctuations. So plants most affected are those planted in areas obviously north of their appropriate hardiness zone. How do you know if you got some uh, damage? You'll see. I don't know. What do you, the next year there won't be leaves on them. They'll be brown and decayed looking. Well, they might come off yellow and fall off early. Mm. There's a noticeable lack of vigor. You know, there might be a noticeable wound on the tree uh, in a certain direction. Um, usually, you know, south southwest where the sun is uh, blasting it. Yeah. You know, so and, you uh, know when uh, you cut a limb, uh, and. You know, that's why it's the best to cut them during the winter. It's because the sap, you know, doesn't, you know, bleed out in the spring. You know, the sap will just, you know, find its way back to the ground. But anyway, it's, uh, uh, and the way that after you cut a limb, the way that it heals itself over the next several years is always been very interesting to watch that whole (laughs) problem. What do they do? They seal they seal. Oh. Well, heel seal. Yeah. You want to get technical. It's uh, it's it's the temperature fluctuations. It's uh trees can respond really well to slow changes, but it's those sudden changes of temperature or light that they have a go, hard time with. They go into shock. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And yeah. it's confusing for them. But it's uh you know like uh when something gradual happens to a human, it isn't as bad as when it happens really fast. Yeah, it's totally because you can you can deal with it over time, but you know, in a, in a short, you know, two three day period, it becomes you know different. And uh, you know, people and trees are much the same, really, in the way that they respond to things. And yeah, trees get stressed. <clears throat> But stress is reversible. They can bounce back from it. So it's not necessarily the end of the world. Right, yeah. Yeah, if you want to uh, avoid some of that damage, you can, well, first, you know, avoid exotic species that aren't maybe adapted to our hardiness area. Sheltered area from the wind, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want a lot of area where it's exposed hill on wind. Um, containerized stock are extremely vulnerable because, you know, it's exposed more. Mulching does help insulate the plants from the cold kind of like what gary was saying with snow right, right. yeah insulates the roots and In- mulches wood and wood's a good insulator yeah so uh desiccation injury this is called or winter drying or winter burn you know something about this there uh zane yeah so um we talked about you know that's why trees go dormant they conserve energy and they conserve the moisture uh in their cells um, so this is usually observed late in winter or early spring. Um, normally it occurs on evergreen plants uh, like rhododendrons, uh, other type of pines. Um, so you usually see it on leaves sometimes as well, and you see it kind of a browning at the edge of the leaf. So the, what's kind of hanging out in the open, most furthest from the tree that's getting most of that wind is usually something that's going to be uh, having a lot of moisture drawn out of it. They usually die. So it gets this appearance of being it's scorched or something, Right. Um, which I've seen. I saw some pines that we felled the other day, and you see it on there. see it towards the top of the tree. Um, 
That's pretty interesting. Okay. Um, and that's because what the, the the roots aren't now taking up as much moisture or something, and they're drying out. Or what's going on? Yeah, so uh, the tree's being dormant. Um, there's uh, water still in the leaves if they're still green, um, and they're photosynthesizing as long as it's it's above a certain temperature. But when you have a lot of wind, um, it pulls moisture out of the leaf. Right. And while it's normal, that allows the tree to kind of cool itself. Um, if that happens too rapidly, you can draw water completely out of the leaves, and they can desiccate and die, mm-hmm. shrink and die back. Yeah, so balsam fir must be an expert at not desiccating. Right. Because it's on windswept summits of mountains, right? It must yeah. be really good at this. And they trees <laughs> prevent desiccation by having a waxy coating around their leaves. They call it a cuticle. In some trees it's very thick, in some trees it's very thin. But, uh, yeah, it's like uh, water proofing or water seal around the leaf itself. Well, why don't pine lose their needles in the fall? They do lose. Every evergreen loses a little bit each well, year. Well, if sheds. you look underneath spruce and evergreen, there's dead needles under I mean, I think they change year-round. Uh, yeah, they just shed them slowly over time. They do over I, the, yeah. but they're constantly shedding, especially the white pine. You, you should go walk underneath an old white pine tree that has no lawn or anything under it. I mean, there's yeah an inch or so of, you know, this beautiful golden honey-colored, you know, dried-up needle, which is actually pretty soft, but it's a. Uh, it's a lot of people uh, probably don't realize that you know evergreens lose their needles; they're changing all the time. And it's, uh, but I always wondered, you know, why the conifers, you know, don't lose their needles over winter because they're a softwood and they need it for to keep the warmth and to to hold the snow better. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, hmm. my understanding is that like. Softwoods or evergreens are more ancient tree species. They're, they're very old. And deciduous trees, the ones that drop their leaves suddenly, are more recently evolved. So they have a different strategy. Right. Um, evergreens, are they evolve to drop little needles here and there over time. But uh, uh, deciduous trees say, oh, I'm going to solve this problem by just dropping my leaves all at once and conserving as much water as I can. And it's just a different strategy, but obviously they both... Uh, occupy the environment and it both works and yeah yeah it's another thing about the conifers is the pitch the uh the the sap it's very thick and sticky and it would take uh i mean extreme 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 cold to 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 freeze that i don't think it i don't know i guess it would freeze at some temperature at some that's why they don't grow you know yeah too far north eventually yeah. The, yeah, there's desiccation injury, especially where I moved from Syracuse. Uh, where there's a lot of, like, design landscapes and, and plants in people's yards. Um, a lot of money and time goes into wrapping these in burlap over the winter. Right. Some of these trees um, are certain varieties that just can't handle our cold weather, so they need to be wrapped. Uh, that protects from deer, but also keeps the wind off of them. So they need some care and maintenance. and. Right. Those are trees that I, I'd probably be reluctant to plant just because I'd want a tree that's adapted to its site, and I wouldn't want to... To its environment. Yeah, right? have to help it and put a coat on it every winter, you know, yeah. Yeah, and unwrap me, uh, it in the fall. 
Deciduous trees are like people who go to Florida, you know, they just say, we're out. Yeah. You know, of yeah. course, the tree doesn't actually leave, but it's it's essentially not there in some ways. Right. You know, it's no longer producing food, and the uh, the conifers are like black-capped chickadees, man. They stick around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they don't go anywhere. Yeah. They're, uh, and, the you know, the wood is good, and all of it. But the most, uh, I think scotch pine has the most pitch of any any conifer i've ever been up against because yeah, pitch pine too pitch uh, <laughs> well heart pine as well but that's yeah. old growth stuff because i have you know with, with the kiln and drying stuff mm. you know i've had you know they've taken down buildings in new york and all that stuff was built with heart pine and and is that hard pine is that also you call yellow pine heart pine oh heart pine heart pine what oh. is heart pine it's uh you heard of that it's a southern tree. The I guess it's a, a sort of like the the Loblolly yellow pine, but it's a different species. And it it was it, it I mean that disappeared years ago because they used it for ships and I mean uh, the, the I don't know if it's gone. What's that? Well, it isn't oh, gone, but no. it's not harvested like it used to. Yeah. I don't think it's. It, it can be harvested, but most of the old growth, when I dry it in the kiln, there's actually on the floor, it forms underneath the bundle and on, in the layers, there are puddles. And this is, you know, stuff that's been in buildings for over 100 years, maybe yeah. and maybe 200. And, you know, it goes through the kiln process, and, I mean, there's actually puddles. But when when you heat treat pine, you bring it out, you know, I heat treat it 160 to 65, it crystallized the pitch, it's called. So uh, that won't turn into a liquid now and unless it goes over that temperature, you know, after yeah. it comes out. So uh, it never went up that warm while it was being used, so they didn't have a problem with it. And most of it was used for framing anyway. It was inside of a wall. But... I was unbelievable the amount of pitch that comes out of these. I mean, on the bottom layer on the floor, you take the bundle out, and, I mean, they're just, well, they aren't puddles anymore. They turn rock hard when the heat goes off. Mm. And uh, it's it's just like, uh, but, you know, pine, uh, in, in the winter, it, it does go down the tree in forms of, I don't know, around the bottom a little bit heavier than, than a, you know, it, oh, during yeah. the summer. Huh. And they, uh, back when we went to the Catskill game farm in, in grade school, uh, not the game farm, the farmer's museum, they had pine pitch gum. That's what they chewed back then. They'd, they'd roll it in sugar and flour and, uh, you know, just straight pine pitch. And, <laughs> It was wow. something to, it wasn't a, a favorite. <laughs> you know, it, uh, I mean, that's what they chewed. I don't know. I don't think it hurt to swallow it. I mean, but, you know, uh, we just kind of chewed on it till the sugar and flour was gone. <laughs> Spit it out. Yeah, yeah. Did you ask for a second piece? Yeah. Well, they, you got them in a little pack. Yeah. And but you you know you were you're always uh, uh you know happy to share them with your buddies. <laughs> Here, try this. But every once in a while, I'll I'll take a you know when the kiln's running and 
I'll go in there and I'll I'll take a piece that's you know 130 135 degrees. I'll bring it out and it turns a little you know it, it's not super super soft and sticky. And I'll just throw that in my mouth and wallow that around for a little bit and it, it's it's a nice fresh. I mean it tastes like it smells. Mm, yeah. It's a nice fresh kind of uh, a pine. You know, scent and it's it's not bad and until it gets warm enough where it starts sticking to your teeth then yeah. then that's bad that 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 becomes annoying but you know it's something that you you uh it doesn't hurt you it's, it's high in vitamin c it's got a lot of vitamin c in it and as uh but there's a lot of uh trees hold their through the winters especially they hold like there's apple trees they hold their apples pretty much through the winter unless a severe storm comes and knocks them off and they kind of gradually fall off the tree all winter long and it feeds the animals and the, the a lot of trees hold their their seeds through the winter uh, black locust is one that they they don't i mean the maples they, they all fall right off and but the black locust and there's a few different trees that that hold their their uh, seeds and like uh, some fruit like the uh, apple the only one I know of holds fruit through the winter but you know it, you know get deep heavy snow and the deer can't feed and you know different squirrels and stuff come out to grab something they'll climb a tree and grab an apple and it's uh, you know it's it's another thing that makes the trees uh, super wonderful and it's hard to imagine that nature can be so smart and uh you know so in tune with everything and it's i mean it's took taken literally millions of years to come to yeah. this point it's but it's a lot of time it's yep yeah, it's pretty when neat. god made time he made a lot of it <laughs> the uh yeah the best pair i ever had was um a few years back over in bloomville and it was like a wild pear tree growing in this hedgerow, and we're sitting there eating lunch. It's cold day, like highs of, like maybe nineteen, eighteen, but it was just like windy, you know. And we're sitting there on the tailgate, and I was like, "Oh, there's a pear tree over there," and I, and I just wasn't satisfied with my lunch. So yeah, I'm gonna go see if what it tastes like. This is freaking pears, you know. They're really small pears, like almost round, like an apple, but you know, they're pears. Yeah, you know, wild pear tree. And it must have freezed and thawed perfectly so that it was, like, biting into, like, a dessert because uh, it wasn't hard, but yeah. it was a little soft. And it must have sweetened somehow. Like, just hit it perfect. It was the best-tasting pear I've ever had in my life. Really? Wow. It probably never happened again. Yeah. They hit that perfect. Yeah. And, and that, Completely you know, lucky. But that's it. Um, but, the you know, the animals can, can sense that. You know, you know, out they're out there just surviving. They're just, you know, uh, that that is their lunch. Yeah. And you know, but they probably can smell that ripeness happening. And and you know, uh, a deer has to wait for the apple to fall. But um, I've uh, I tried biting into a, a kind of a frozen brown apple, and it wasn't very tasty no and i i brought it in the house and let it thaw out thinking that i could peel the skin and and maybe 
you know, get the meat of it. Just tastes rotten. Oh, it just tasted moldy, rot. I don't know. It wasn't. It it just wasn't pleasant, but had a lot of vitamins in it. Yeah. And that's what keeps the uh, you know the, the uh, animals going for the winter. They don't care about taste, obviously. So, but you know, nature's always been amazed amazed me, and you know the way it takes care of the environment. And but you know, devastating weather. And winds and, you know, uprooting stuff and tipping stuff over is uh, just what happens. And it's kind of like in, the, in the, those heavy winds we get that aren't, like, super, super, like, 60, 70 mile an hour, you know, 35, 40 mile an hour winds. I mean, they're pretty bad, pretty, you know, you don't want to be climbing trees and that, but... It's nature's way of pruning the dead stuff out of the trees in the forest, I think. And, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's like good for the environment to a certain point. But, you know, once you get up and over and, you know, frozen or cold trees in wind are not as flexible as yeah. summertime trees in the wind. Cause you hear them snapping f- right now. They snap pretty easy. It's cold, you know. You know, you can take a uh, a piece of uh, uh, you know a green limb, and you can't break it. You could tie it in knots, and it's just the cellular structure of this. But when you dry it, you can't. You know, you bend it about a, a half an inch, and it snaps. Yeah. When it's when it's dead, so well, especially when I'm climbing trees, and I I learned this when I was a young kid right out the gate you're probably four or five years old climbing up a tree stepped on a dead limb and to the ground i went quickly so you when you're climbing you pay attention to anything dead you want to stay away from because it's uh you're just you're just going to prune that tree (laughs) yep and probably hit the ground but unless it's a dead oak branch then uh prob- probably hold you because they they can really stay on the tree yeah they there. they are something i i'm cutting up some oak now with them uh, and some of that dead stuff <clears throat> you know i picked up a two inch diameter piece today and you know it was completely dead and the <clears throat> bark was off it <clears throat> and i just instead of cutting it with the saw i smacked it on a bigger piece yeah and you know, it sent a shock up through my arm, and it's, <laughs> no. that thing's getting the saw. <laughs> they, don't, they don't want to break. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest. Tonight's topic is tree dormancy and damage from winter. Thank you. 
said the little lamb to the shepherd boy Do you hear what I hear? Ringing through the sky, shepherd boy Do you hear what I hear? A song, a song High above the tree With a voice as big as the sea With a voice as big as the sea Said the shepherd boy to the mighty king Do you know what I know? In your palace for mighty king Do you know what I know? A child, a child Shivers in the cold Let us bring him silver and gold Let us bring him silver and The king to the people everywhere. Listen to what I say. Pray for peace, people everywhere. Listen to what I say. The child, the child, sleeping in the night, he will bring us good. He will bring us goodness and love. Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? All right. It's uh, Perry Como. Do you hear what I hear? This is from the forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest related topic. Tonight's topic is tree dormancy and damage from winter with Gary Mead. I talk to Gary every third Wednesday about a different Catskills tree or forest topic. So, Gary, you got something? Yeah, I wrote a, a, a composition poem on oh, 11.23.22 at 11 o'clock in the morning. It's called Paradise. Heard about Paradise. They said it's real nice. When in the darkness... Ooh, ooh, ooh. Find a way to let the light shine through. All life long, hanging on a thread of hope. At times, threads feel heavy and tight, twisting together, making heavy rope. Looking out, looking out <clears throat> for paradise. Laying down in your bed, silence fills the room. Is it in the mountains? Valleys, streams, worldwide towns, city streets. Paradise seems hiding from me. Many times I tried and other times I cried. Countless times feeling sorry for myself. Life not superficial, superficial, glamorous, tinsel town. Dreamt one night, went to school naked. Looking back feels like that dream. This world keeps spinning round and round. Beautiful things, left, right, and in front of me. A child is born, smiling eyes, 
beautiful dreams, kissing, hugging, embracing love of life, children playing with their pets and friends, spring flowers, summer warmth, autumn color, winter snow, cold-blooded amphibians and hot-blooded homo sapiens, streams, oceans, rocks, clouds, sun, moon, stars, earth paradise, a magnificent place. Paradise all around everywhere in the world. When threads get tangled, making heavy rope, feeling tightness around your throat, coming together when chips are down, cut the threads and let them go, locked in prisons of our own design, turn up tunes that make you smile, and things will be better in a little while, for paradise is really close at hand. Unlock prisons of your own demand. Love with no restraint and always be kind because paradise really is just a state of mind. And that's my paradise poem. Well, what else we got on uh, Tree Dorm 2? We only got about four minutes left. Do you want to talk about Frost Cracks, uh, yeah. Zane? Yeah. So... Again, it's, just, it's the same theme. It's the sudden change in uh, temperature that damages trees during the winter. Frost ca- cracks are the most interesting to me because they're once you know what to look for, they're obvious. They're everywhere. Yeah. Um, so frost cracks are basically uh, when you have a tree that's on the edge of like a snow-covered meadow, um, and you have these warm, sunny days during the winter. Temperatures can get up to 70 degrees on some surfaces. Right. Uh, but when the snow moves behind some sort of cover, uh, it will drop. The temperature can drop, and usually kind of 5 degrees or below. And it's a rapid cooling effect. So when the tree warms up, the bark expands, the wood inside expands. Because um, of the water. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, the heat, um, <clears throat> expansion. Um, but when it goes behind the clouds or goes behind cover, uh, you're going to get this rapid cooling. But what's neat is that the wood will cool and shrink uh, at a slower rate than the bark. So what happens is that the bark is cooling r- more rapidly and it's shrinking more rapidly, and it's on a just it just forms these cracks on it. On a tree, and usually in a tree that's on an edge, that will happen repeatedly from year to year. So you get these annual kind of cracks, damages to the tree. Um, it's pretty neat to see once you start looking for it. Uh-huh. But you don't usually see it on dis- uh, evergreen trees. Why? Because they have leaves. They have uh, uh, ways to protect from that sun. Right. But you usually see it on uh, trees that are light colored, maples, uh, birches. Um, I never saw it much on beech. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? It you is. You think you would. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. You think you would. Um, so, yeah. So trees obviously have adapted to these conditions. So on deciduous trees, you'll see kind of neat uh, bark textures, scales, ridges, plates, stuff like that. All those are kind of ways that the tree radiates heat, gets rid of the heat on the surface. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty yeah, but those it cracks, the bark. They, those cracks, like you said, they they form. It looks like bark. Yeah. You know, you you have that seam, and it just folds in, and it, it's uh, 
it's just another thing. It, it, it's like a Band-Aid, a permanent Band-Aid mm. that's put on. Well, it's sealing. Yeah. <laughs> it's sealing. Well, I, I learned something tonight. It's not healing, <laughs> it's sealing. That's right. Humans heal and trees seal. That, that's a good question. Somebody's got to explore why it doesn't happen on beach. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, it in uh, cold areas, you know. <clears throat> well, I'm not sure if it happens on hickory either, but. I, I can't see it happen on hickory just because that's such a flaky bark. Yeah. Hickory and, and, and beech, well, the pig nut is not that flaky, but. Uh, apple it happens on, I know that. Yeah, apple, it, it's, it hap- I've seen it on that. I've seen it on maples and oaks and yeah. ash and, and, but, you know, hickory and there are two trees that hold their bark famously. You know, people are always saying, oh, I'll leave the bark on. Uh, it won't stay on. If you cut trees in February, hickory and beech, the bark will stay on. Because, and the reason the bark always comes off other trees is because, like Zane was just saying, the bark and the wood expand and contract in different uh, ra- uh, ratios. Yeah. Hickory and and beech and dormancy, they expand and contract at the same consistency, at the same mode. So they don't. Uh, so the bark stays on. And once in a while a hemlock, once in a while a cherry. But I mean, they make hickory bark furniture because of that whole reason. And all that hickory is harvested in February. Well, that's all the time we have on tonight's show. And have a Merry Christmas. and Merry uh, Christmas, Happy Holidays, and uh, we'll see you next year, folks. All right, take care. Peace. A dozen faces stopped to stare, but no one stopped to speak. For his castle was a hallway, and the bottle was his friend. And the old man stumbled in From the forest Up a dark and dingy staircase The old man made his way His ragged coat around him As upon his cot he lay And he wondered how it happened That he'd ended up this way Getting lost like a fool did appear upon his mantle shining the face of one so dear who'd loved him in the springtime of a long forgotten year when the wildflowers did bloom in the forest she touched his grizzled fingers and she called him by his name And then he heard the joyful sound of children at their games In an old house on a hillside in some forgotten town